This is the Morning Press, a BrainIron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or so of news for today, Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Voting in the New Hampshire primary elections is underway, with both Republicans and Democrats headed to the polls before they close this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. Former President Donald Trump is believed to hold a commanding lead among likely voters, with most polling averages suggesting he should edge challenger Nikki Haley by a margin of about 20 points. Though those figures are uninformed by Ron DeSantis' decision Sunday to drop out of the race. The race on the Democratic side is a bit unusual, as President Joe Biden does not appear on the ballot after he and his campaign decided to ignore the contest after the state refused to give up its claim, written into state law, to being the first state in the country to conduct a primary vote. Biden and the DNC planned for the first primary to be held in South Carolina, a move that they say will make the outcome more demographically representative of the party's national makeup and overall intentions, and is no doubt also a response to the fact that Biden finished a distant fifth in the state in 2020. The result on the Democratic side tonight will therefore award no delegates to whoever wins, rendering it functionally meaningless, but symbolically quite fraught, as Biden's absence from the ballot leaves open the possibility that challengers like Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips and self-help author Marianne Williamson of California could defeat Biden, which would be seen as, at the very least, embarrassing for the sitting president, and potentially indicative of much broader party skepticism about the president's fit for the job. Hoping to avoid such an outcome, some Democrats have been pushing a write-in campaign for Biden to demonstrate their support for the president while also hoping to earn back the DNC's trust that the state's results could be relied upon in election cycles to come. February will see primary contests take place in South Carolina, Nevada, and Michigan. In international news, Turkey appears set to ratify Sweden's bid to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which would leave Hungary as the lone holdout blocking Sweden's entry to NATO, which, along with Finland, applied to join in 2022, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Finland's application to join the Western Military Alliance was approved last April, but Turkey's concerns about the presence of Kurdish militant groups in Sweden in the form of the Kurdistan Workers' Party has slowed Sweden's ascent to the bloc. In Colombia, government naval forces captured a custom-made submarine off the country's Pacific coast that was carrying some 1,700 pounds of cocaine, coming on the heels of a 3.2-ton cocaine sub-seizure made by Ecuadorian drug officials off their coast on Saturday. And in China, a strong 7.1-magnitude earthquake left at least three people dead and five more injured, a mercifully low human toll for such a powerful quake, the epicenter of which was near the country's border with Kyrgyzstan, a sparsely populated region of western China where the beleaguered ethnic minority, the Muslim Uyghurs, predominantly reside. In even briefer entertainment news, the nominations for the 96th Academy Awards were announced on Tuesday morning, with Oppenheimer racking up 13 nominations and Barbie receiving eight. The Oscar ceremony will air on ABC on Sunday, March 10th, with Jimmy Kimmel hosting. Billy Joel, who had assured the world that he was done releasing new music way back in 1993, a promise he mostly stuck to, aside from two singles released in 2007, has announced that he will debut a new song on February 1st. 
And Netflix will shell out $5 billion over 10 years for the rights to live stream WWE Raw starting in 2025, paying nearly twice what Comcast currently pays per year to run the popular Monday Night Professional Wrestling Showcase on the USA Network. In sports, Novak Djokovic, the number one ranked tennis player in the world, is through to the semifinals in the Australian Open for the 11th time. Djokovic, the all-time leader in Grand Slam championships with 24 titles, has never lost in the semis or the finals of the Aussie Open, winning the tournament all previous 10 times he has advanced this far. The 36-year-old Serb will face 22-years-old Italian Yannick Sinner, the number four-ranked player in the world, at midnight Eastern time, Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Djokovic defeated Sinner in the Wimbledon semifinals last year, but Sinner has since beaten Djokovic twice. Joel Embiid became just the ninth player in NBA history to score 70 points or more in a game, setting a Philadelphia franchise record and becoming the first to accomplish the feat in less than 39 minutes of playing time, leading his 76ers to victory over the San Antonio Spurs, 133-123. Elsewhere, in single-game franchise record for points news, Carl Anthony Towns scored a new all-time team-high 62 points in a losing effort for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who fell to the Charlotte Hornets 128-125 last night, in a game their coach called an, quote, absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball, end quote. The NBA season is just over half done, with still three months to go until the playoffs begin. The Major League Baseball Hall of Fame will unveil its 2024 inductees this afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern. Adrian Beltre and Joe Maurer are first-timers on the ballot with a strong chance of getting selected to the Hall, while Todd Helton and Billy Wagner seek to be granted recognition in their sixth and ninth years of respective eligibility. Gary Sheffield, appearing on ballots for the 10th and, by rule, final time, appears very close to making it in this year. If inducted, he would be the second player to make it into the Hall of Fame, despite being tied to the steroid scandal that rocked the sport in the mid-aughts. David Ortiz, who reportedly tested positive for PEDs in 2003, was selected to the Hall in 2022. Sheffield was listed in the Mitchell Report and admitted to using products that turned out to have steroids in them, but denied knowing that he was taking performance-enhancing drugs. The PED scandal has kept all-time baseball greats like Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Alex Rodriguez from recognition, though Rodriguez still has seven more years of eligibility. On this day in history, January 23, 1997, Madeleine Albright became the first woman to ever hold the position of Secretary of State of the United States. And in 1964, the 24th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was ratified, which prohibited federal and state governments from imposing a poll tax on citizens seeking to exercise the voting privilege in federal elections. Also on this date in 1991, a radio station at 104.1 on the FM dial in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in a bid to generate publicity for its format change from New Age music to classic rock, played Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven on repeat for 24 straight hours, a stunt that resulted in the police showing up to the station twice that day in response to listeners calling in with concerns. Now... Here's a look at the weather. 
In New Hampshire, the forecast is looking rather predetermined. Donald Trump will win, I suspect with something close to 60% of the vote, unless New Hampshire's notorious strangeness kicks in and a bunch of independents show up to vote for Haley. In either case, barring a health emergency or other unpredictable act of God, Donald Trump and Joe Biden will lead their party's respective tickets again in 2024, an outcome that would have seemed utterly unthinkable, almost right up to the current moment of its obvious inevitability. Whatever your personal thoughts on those two men, the result can only be understood as an indictment of the current system. Most polling on the question shows that a strong majority of Americans of both parties have no desire to see the 2020 contest play out again in 2024, with 75% of independents unenthusiastic about such a rematch. We are stuck with these two old and rapidly aging men because of the dread Biden is able to inspire about the possibility of another Trump administration and because the Republican Party has never taken its many opportunities to end the Trumpening once and for all, whether in the crib in the 2016 primaries or in its surly teenage years following the second impeachment after the storming of the Capitol. How we can possibly still be doing this to each other is something of a mystery to me, a culture in a Mexican standoff with itself, paralyzed by both existential fear and widespread apathy. Maybe the reality is that the people have effectively ceded what once passed for governance to the international corporations that have made us consumer citizens of the technological age. This whole American democracy thing is thus a vestigial remnant of another time, a nostalgia-powered theater show that we keep around for the laughs and the dramatic stakes, as we have collectively decided that we are better managed by the data-hungry attention-mongers that simply want to sell us things than by meddling politicians. And maybe we'll be better off. Who knows? But if we're expected to believe that the existential status of our nation, nay, the world, hinges on which of these two decrepit old men take power next January, it might actually rather be the case that we have shifted the real power elsewhere, not to some shadowy cabal as the result of some nefarious conspiracy, but to the mind monopolizers of the techno-utopia to come, simply because they offer a better, more enjoyable, and more reliable product. We didn't exactly vote on it, formally anyway, but we seem to have made our choice. The alternative, that the fate of the world really might rest on the shoulders of either Donald Trump or Joe Biden, is too awful to take seriously. Maybe this is just what happens when power accretes too far away from the individual, when the average dope no longer finds him or herself recognizably represented in the systems that govern their life, and no longer believes that their civic actions and behavior have an impact on those systems. We simply let things resolve into irrelevance and hope for the best. The best in this case, I suppose, is that the momentum of global capitalism somehow carries us through the power vacuum before anything truly awful can result. And we figure out a new way of doing things on the other side. Let's hope. In the meantime, we are stuck with the prospect of Trump v. Biden 2.0. This time, for all the lost marbles. Lost, lost, lost. Lost what? I've lost my marbles. That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? <laughs>
The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. Please direct comments and complaints to brainironpodcast at gmail.com. For a transcript of today's episode and links to the stories referenced, find The Morning Press at brainiron.substack.com, where, if you would like to support this and the other podcasting and blogging endeavors of the brainiron.com media empire, you can also become a paying subscriber. If you can think of anyone else who might enjoy whatever it is we're up to around here, please consider sharing. Thanks, and barring the sudden onset of the inevitable, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.